All right, we are back. That was No Small Children with Big Steps. We'll listen to that a little bit more later on. They were on the show last year. I love that band. Standing by to join me is Michael Grodner, and we're going to talk about his film, The Icarus Line Must Die. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? Great. Thanks for taking the time to call in. I enjoyed the film. Oh, excellent. Thank you. Tell me the backstory behind this film, uh, how you got involved with it. Uh, well, um, the movie came about because I wanted to, I wanted to make a film. I had a, a, a bigger budget film, uh, the funding fell out and I got, grew frustrated waiting around for investors to, uh, give me a lot of money to make a movie. Right. Uh, so I just decided to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going it alone. And, um, I put my own money into a f- this film. I, I had a partner that also put some money in. And we just decided to make a movie. Um, and <clears throat> the reason why we chose this particular movie <clears throat> was because um, I always I, I knew that we didn't have a lot of funds for the picture, and I wanted to make a film where um, you know not having a lot of money kind of worked for your worked for the film sure. instead of worked against it. Right. Uh, so yeah, that was how this got started. And could you tell the listeners a little bit about it? Yeah, um, it's called The Icarus Line Must Die, and it's a, it's a rock and roll movie uh, uh, with a lot of great uh, performances in it as far as like band performances, a lot of great music, and it's, and it's all based in truth in a sense. Um, the movie's about uh, a, a guy named uh, Joe Cardamone, who uh, in the early 2000s was uh, the leader of a band called The Icarus Line. And they were the first band, or the last band signed to V2 Records. And they mm-hmm. were like punk bad boys. They were, uh, um, you know, they're kind of like Iggy and the Stooges of that early right. 2000 <laughs> period. Uh, they toured with the Strokes. They toured the world. They toured, toured with Primal Scream. And then uh, the movie takes place about 15 years after that. And Joe is 36 years old now, and he still has the Icarus line. He's about to get married, and he's facing this kind of dilemma where you know, he's no longer a kid, but he's still he's still a, in in the rock and roll game, and it's and it's a different world, you know. Yes. <clears throat> Back in the day, you know, the White Stripes were getting signed, the Strokes were getting signed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, rock and roll isn't maybe the most relevant music. But but Joe is an artist and he's keeping you know keeping in the flame alive, and this is a movie about his struggles, how you do it when you're you know, no longer a kid and you have a wife or you're about to get married, and you're you're trying to put food on the table yet maintain your integrity. So yeah, it's a movie about an artist and how do you, how do you do that? How do you keep going in this day and age when kind of uh, the chips are stacked against you? The scene where he's sitting in the diner with his. Uh fiance yeah the you know there's such a sense of it's so real where you know sometimes you watch something and it's so overacted but you just feel the sense of you know my where's my life going and it's just so the both of them just feel like they've hit rock bottom in a sense yeah well what what helps that <laughs> helps that out is the the movie is the way we cast the movie many of the uh performers in the film are are literally playing versions of themselves mm-hmm. so um and many of the music and then many of the performers in the movie are musicians uh so that scene between joe and his fiance is 
literally between Joe and his fiance, or at that time they were married. Okay. So it seemed very close to the bone, yes. uh, like a, a conversation they probably had the night before. Wow. I mean, it just really felt like that. It, right. And you just, you could just look, just looking at his face, even if you turn the volume down, you study his face, you could just see there was so much going on for him at that moment. Yeah. And when we caught the band pretty much at a time when he was, he was going through a, you know, definitely in flux mm-hmm. and not sure in a sense which end was up and, and, and just trying to kind of get a handle on things. So it was, a, it was a somewhat of a tumultuous time when we caught him. Oh, here's a question. The beginning of the film, is that Cat Corbett from K-Rock? That is Cat, yeah, Cat Corbett. Uh, I thought so. Yeah, she's, she was a, uh, she's a friend of Joe's. Mm-hmm. She was a supporter of the band early on, and I guess they, they, um, they've kept in touch, and she's been, she's been great. I mean, since actually since the movie, uh, you know, we shot the movie and, and started promoting it, she's been doing a lot of promotion on K-Rock for it, and they, she and Kevin and Bean have been talking, uh, talking it up, and I think, I think she's getting a kick out of being on film. Oh, she was great. I mean, it yeah. was, I was like, wait, that's Kat. <laughs> right. She's great. She's literally playing herself. Right, <laughs> she is. She is. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Uh, so the film is going to open, well, it already opened, June 22nd. And yes, where it, op- else? it opened at the Royal Theater, and it's, it's currently playing at the Royal Theater, which is in West L.A., okay. uh, which is uh, 11523 Santa Monica Boulevard. It plays at 9.55 at night. So okay. it's going to play there. From what I know, it's playing there until Thursday. Okay. Uh, and, and, then, uh, and then it's going to spread out uh, nationally. It's a limited theatrical. And then on July 10th, it goes to VOD and Amazon and iTunes and streaming services. What are some uh, takeaways you would like people to, you know, have about this film? Well, first and foremost, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a punk rock movie. It's a rock and roll movie. So if you, you know, if you, if you like that kind of music... You know, it's certainly something for you, um, and it's for me. I mean, I love that type of genre, and I hadn't seen a movie like that in a long time—a narrative film about you know, rock or or punk. Um, and um, so that was exciting for me to make a film like this. So uh, you know, movies like Repo Man or Sid and Nancy—I just haven't seen those in the last, say, ten years. Um, so on one hand. That's what I would want people to take away when they, if they're, you know, coming away from it. It's, a, you know, it's a pure rock and roll film. But on the other hand, and I do have people who come to me, come up to me after screenings who are not necessarily tied to music, but but in a sense artists. And I think the movie portrays an artist in a very relatable way, uh, where you know, there's just the struggle, the day in and day out struggle. It's not. You know, it's not Shakespearean or anything, but sure. it's just the day in and day out struggle of an artist and what, what one puts someone through. And I think anybody who, um, you know, creates things and, and puts themselves on the line where they create something and then they turn it out, turn it loose for, for the public to judge and, and what you have to, uh, you know, what you go through uh, when you do that, I think anybody could relate to that. Sure. So um, I, that's, well, that's the main takeaway, really. It's, it's a movie about 
someone who's creating art and uh, and you know, in a very vulnerable way. Yeah, I mean, it's such a struggle. You know, I always tell people, if you're not familiar, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. And definitely in the area of being a musician, man, there are so many struggles. Yeah, I, especially nowadays, it's where... You, you know, music gets put out for free, and and um, you know, back say when Joe was signed to a major label, major labels were throwing you know decent sized budgets around and throwing money at artists, and and now that is not necessarily the case. So you have to figure out how to how to make things work, and that's what the movie's about. How Joe's Joe's just rolling with it, and and just figuring out how to make things work while still, you know, maintaining your integrity and not not being a sellout and not being kind of a, a cheese bag, you know. <laughs> um, I do want to mention you've got a great cast. You've got people from Black Flag, Circle Jerks, Aquadolls. Uh, what was that like getting these uh, great talents involved? Well, yeah, well, how I look at it is sort of like a, it's kind of a road movie when I first started putting it together and, and thought that Joe is this great, subject or the great center of the movie where he's moving through the landscape of the Los Angeles underground music scene and he's meeting all these different characters. Joe and I both have known Keith Morris from uh, the first lead singer of Black Flag and then Circle Jerks and now Off. Um, Yeah, we both are working in the music world and we've known Keith and, and Joe knows Keith quite well because Keith used to work for uh, V2 Records back when Joe signed. Okay. Uh, so they go back a ways. And, um, but Joe, uh, Joe in, a, in a sense, I mean, he's been around for a while. So he's, he has a studio that in Burbank, and um, he is somewhat at the epicenter of the Los Angeles indie music scene. Um, you know, a lot of bands have come through there, both old and new. I mean, he's, Ariel Pink is in the movie, so Ariel Pink... I know has recorded with Joe in the past, and Annie Hardy from Giant Drag is is a is a good good friend of Joe's. Uh, so Joe was very instrumental in bringing a lot of people on to the film. I also work in the music world and and do a lot of filming in, with musicians and working with musicians. So I brought on together Pangea, who are somewhat of an up and coming band. Who let's say you know Keith Morris, who's more of a you know the old guard, right. Where can people find out more about the film? Well, uh, they can check out the Facebook page, which is The Icarus Line Must Die. And they could also go to Twitter, uh, where we're at The the Icarus Line Movie. So uh, check those out, and you'll kind of keep posted on uh, where you can see the movie and the the latest developments. Excellent. I want to thank you so much for calling the show, and congrats on the film. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Have a great day. All right, you too. Bye-bye. All right, that was director Michael Grodner uh, joining us to talk about the Icarus line must die. And all the info is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me, I am on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. And KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. We're on Instagram at KUCI-FM. We're on Tumblr at blog.kuci.org. And we're on Facebook at KUCI 889 We'll take a little break, and then I have one more guest calling in, and uh, you are listening to Get the Funk Out.